Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, AfterBusters? That's right. It's another installment of the Magicians After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. That's right. We're talking season three, episode eight. We're talking six short stories about magic. So stick around and we'll talk about all six of them. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That old oh. black magic has go. I like that we're keeping it in 50s themed. Good choice, okay. yeah. I like starting with some mellow energy. Exactly. I dig it. Mr. Sinatra. There we go. There we A go. Very complicated man. Guys, <laughs> y'all know what time it is. It's that time. It's that channel. It's time for another installment of the Magicians After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, we are talking season three. Episode 8, six short stories about magic. Uh, Carrie Lane, out one more week, but I promise she will be back to lead the charge next week. But in her stead, my name is Ty Matthews. Y'all can find me on all forms of social media, at Ty Matthews PMA. Oh, my. Joining me, as always, my Hi. absolute favorite co-host on the planet. I'm Joelle Monique, and now I'm awake. Thank there you, you Ty. There you go. Uh, you can find me all over the internet, at Joelle Monique, and every week at blackgirlnerds.com. Hi, I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. And can we also get the chat up? Yeah, let's get that chat. I'm about to bring it up here in the phone. Too. Perfect segue. Yes. Y'all, if you're watching the live stream on YouTube, get in that live chat. Talk to us. You can chat with us about your thoughts on this episode in real time. We'll do our best to respond. Uh, we've got a lively group in there every week that we love talking to. But if you're in YouTube, if you're in or on YouTube, uh, remember to leave us a thumbs up, leave us a comment, talk to us about it. If you're on iTunes uh, after the fact, we still appreciate you all the same. Download, comment, review, subscribe, rate, five stars if you're nasty. We love you. We want to talk to you mm-hmm. about the magicians. Can we talk about... That season four announcement that came out today. Oh Yay! boy, that's right, right news up update. top. Right up top, got some news. The magicians officially renewed for season four. Thank God. Pretty mm-hmm. exciting stuff. Pretty exciting stuff. So I dig yeah, it. You know, we might be back for 2019. We, we be back. might also just be more advanced in our. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. We've talked about it before. There are other magicians after shows. Watch there that are. throne. So we're staying right here. We are going to stay here. Right the there. magician show after show will always be here. Guys, I feel like we need crowns now. There, there are four kings and queens of Philadelphia. It's true. There are, it's true. You know, and we have we're a king and three queens. Of course, because we're more luxurious. Of course, obviously. And I feel like we need crowns. I'm going to work on that. I like it. We I dig it. Done and done. And get us some nice Burger King crowns. There you go. <laughs> there you go, guys. There you go. Yes. So, Let's first off, it. yes, first off, they the season four announcement. Second off, I know some some people don't don't like to watch the 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 next on segment, but how exciting is it that next week we get a musical episode? Yay! I know. Every musical moment on this show has been like perfection. It's, br- it's been pretty phenomenal. Every time it hits you, you're like, I feel so many emotions, and they. Went so hard in the paint financially last mm-hmm. year to get some of these songs, including Taylor Swift, who's notoriously difficult to get songs for. Of course. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they have for like an entire episode. It's going to be bonkers. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely crazy bonkers. We're on board for it. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit loopy here, guys. <laughs> it's not that late, but it's late enough. Hey. We've had long days. Hey. Our producer, another hey. one of my favorite people in the booth. Guys, everyone say hi to Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello. Steve, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing all right. Doing pretty good. Good. Living the dream. <laughs> yes, sir. You're making the dream possible for us. Yes, sir. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about six short stories about magic. Penny. Let's talk about Penny, and let's talk about Benedict, and let's talk about this friendship between the two. Or friendship. Yeah, this quote-unquote friendship. I just feel for Benedict, though. Yeah. Of I course. Mean, I've been there. I've been like, we're great friends, right? And so I'm been- 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm like, no, not my something. I don't even yeah. like you that much. Yeah. So, <laughs> what? Even though you're the only person who cried when I died, Jesus, Penny, grow a heart. Right? Uh, <laughs> on the flip side of that, I'm just so happy that Penny's being treated like a main character. Like, yeah. he's opening the story. Stories are revolving around yeah. him. Like, he was sort of the crux. Yeah. yeah. This has been my the one fault with The Magicians. And so to see it now, I'm like, it's now a perfect show. Exactly. And I finally saw the knotless tie everyone kept talking about. Because you guys were talking about him. Oh, yeah. Like, how do I not look down at his tie? <laughs> and I finally was like, Adrian, look down. I was like, oh, okay. Cool. It's a crazy look. It's, it's like a crazy they look. put it under, and so you like flips yeah. it over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I dig mm-hmm. it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I tried the Trinity Knot before. I'm going to go mm-hmm. for the Knotless tie. And you did it so well, too. Yeah. You said so tried. You like it's mastered tough. it. It's tough. That is a tricky one. <laughs> that one, the Eldritch Knot, Cape Knot, all sorts of weird stuff's going on. But it's magic. That's why. Um, yeah, the Knotless look is is pretty crazy. I yeah. feel like what was it in? There's a movie in the 70s. I just I just recently looked it up that it was a that it was kind of featured in. Oh. I want to say Midnight Cowboy. Might have been Midnight yeah. Cowboy. Who knows? That's uh, when boleros are big, so I believe it. There you go. There you go. We're talking about ties here, guys. We're talking about fashion. <laughs> We're talking about Penny and the That's other. Why they call world. me Ty Matthews. <laughs> Was anyone kind of surprised <clears throat> to see it look like almost like a refugee camp sort of? Right. Oh, like very... they lost. Was it? Oh, and they were over. Were they overstaffed? I or over over populate overpopulated? Because there was still the waiting room because the original mm-hmm. guy right. Kenny ran into right, tried right, to right. send him there. Well, so, they did. They did mention that the the library was the only part of the underworld that functions now. Mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. that the wellspring is pretty much yeah, so run dry. I, I assumed they because they couldn't magically create space for these people anymore. They had to send it into like a kind of like there you go. Yeah, porter potties. That's a low point, guys. But I love the 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 strategy of. Or I guess kind of the bartering system that's used when when Penny's putting in this request to find Benedict. Yes. yes. That they they deal in in Game Spoilers. of Thrones information. Spoilers. Yeah, exactly. I loved it, and I loved <laughs> that he didn't know a single. Thing. I was like, Penny, you are an anomaly because even when I never watched mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, I had an idea of what was happening. Sure. Right. Right. <laughs> sure. I like that tab dance that he did though. He was mm-hmm. like, "Eight hey, dragons. Where did he get up? That's the question. <laughs> we don't even know." I buy that. Won, I buy it. He won the uh, the throne game. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like this is a great thing to deal in. Like mm-hmm. it's it's something that everyone can have access to as mm-hmm. they come back. You know, come back as they die. And go sure. To the Netherlands. Right. It's fun. Exactly. That, yeah, because that's something that you kind of. I mean, I don't know. I if if obviously if you ran into like a family member, you'd be like, so what happened? And like, what's going on with this? Mm. But if you're running into a stranger, if I like died tomorrow, knock on wood, and I didn't get to finish the series finale of Scandal, that would be the first thing I'd want to know when someone came down. Like, so, <laughs> what did happened? they finally kill Olivia? Yeah, like, Whoa, <laughs> fighting words. I don't listen. Rean- <laughs> need to we all know what Olivia needs Pope to happen. At oh my all god, time. no, Papa Pope has to die. Anyway, <laughs> wrong show. Um So 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 yeah, so mm-hmm. we we learn uh Benedict tells Penny that the library took the key. Mm-hmm. And so So did y'all realize he was lying in that moment? Because in that moment I was like, No is lying. Not right off the bat, but we know you. We know well, your because, predilection for figuring mm-hmm. things out. Well once he realized that Penny wasn't there for him. Mm. I would imagine he'd do whatever it would take to keep him there because he's so lonely. Right, he just sort of panicked. And... So I kind of was like, well, I don't know if he's telling the truth. Right, 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 right. Because when would he have run to a librarian where they would have cared enough to like pat him down? Sure. Also, there doesn't seem to be any checks or balances as we're exactly. coming in. Like, who took your key and why? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't blame him. Like, yeah, I don't blame him. You finally let out years of depression that you had been repressing and mm. then you get eaten by a dragon. That can't be fun. You got to go through a whole digestive system. You like get pooped Probably out. Get in. Fired a little fire on you as well. Yeah, Your body no, that's is not just pleasant. Scorched. And now, and and now that you've come to realization with those terms, you're like, I don't have any friends. 
And then somebody's like, I came for you. Oh, my God. So exciting. I don't blame him for lying. To be like, just stay with me. I don't want to be alone forever. Who wants that? No one wants to be alone forever. Like one last adventure. He's like, I'll go with you to the library. And Penny Penny being Penny was like, give me 10 minutes. Right. I'm all set, partner. I was kind of mad that he didn't know Penny was lying. Like, I know he's naive and sweet. And so, of course, he wouldn't. It applies to his character. But my gosh, Penny, like, have a heart. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, either way, he knew Penny was going to eventually have to come back to him. That's also true. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure how sneaky that guy could be. Who, Benedict? Yeah, I don't right. know. He just doesn't strike me as a, a sleuthy person. No, I mean, the sleuthy. Pickwicks are, or like, his brother is a, a pickpocket. Yeah. So they have. True. The capabilities. I mean, Pickwick so was there. I'd be like, you have to take that guy in. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Especially if I think the librarian has a key. Yeah. Like, you can just. Yeah, but this, yeah, you can draw maps. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. That's what you do, Benedict. So, so on this little side quest, Penny says, "You know what? I'll be back in ten. You sit tight." Mm-hmm. He runs into Sylvia, who we haven't seen since the is that the poison it's like room? the season yeah. finale right. last last season. Right, right, exactly. Uh, runs into Sylvia, who has been kind of following along with his progress mm-hmm. with those written pages, mm-hmm. which we find out being written by Cassandra. Mm-hmm. There's a striking resemblance. Alice. Yeah. Striking resemblance. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe is Alice? No. I have so many questions yeah. here. Okay, first. Now, uh, just, just to skip a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. Now that we know that Harriet is the head librarian's daughter, do we think that Sylvia was a replacement for Harriet in some kind of way? Ooh, Their mentalities are so similar, just in that they both mm-hmm. kind of hate the world. I don't like a lot of things. Uh, I mean, I know her was her dad kind of led her in there, if I'm remembering Sylvia's backstory. Her dad was like a mobster. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, because it, I kind of get the feeling that Sylvia isn't necessarily. She might be ageless. It depends. Mm-hmm. I, when I look at her style, it doesn't seem like it's so far away. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe she's been there since like the late nineties. Right. Yeah. 90s. Right. Right. Um. And then, but Sylvia's, or no, sorry, uh, Harriet would have left probably in the, maybe the 70s or 80s. The time works differently for the librarians. It does. It's also true. Also but true. just judging by how much she ate, like if she was 10 or 12 in 1952. Mm. And then the next time we jumped, it was what, 1960? Uh, let's see, in 1952, 1985 was the next time. 1985 was when she was like, like the, the 20s, late teen, 20 something. With the dark hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dark hair. Uh, then 2007. Then 2007. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. She, uh, I mean, not, not, not to to Marley Matlin, but it just seemed like she aged a lot between 1985 and 2007. Sure. Or maybe I don't, actually, never, I don't, maybe I just don't realize Mm. Uh, how much 30 years can age you? Yeah. Actually, yeah. yes, it can. Because I was... Don't want to talk about it. I was a baby. <laughs> Non-existent. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah. So, I, I guess that makes sense. Never mind. Yeah. So, right. even if it's not like Perfect a malicious thing. thing. Like, I feel yeah. like maybe that was why the head librarian attached herself so much to Sylvia. Maybe. Because maybe she reminded her of Harriet. And then my other question is, okay, so Alice... Pretty cursed in every life. Like, if we're just going to be honest. Like, yeah. there's, there's not an existence in which Alice has not been cursed. Can't really catch a break. So, I think it's also probably because of Alice's, and this sounds awful, quest for knowledge. Mm-hmm. So if you, like, I went and looked up the story of Cassandra, and she wanted to, uh, well, there's two, a few different stories, mm-hmm. but, like, one was that Apollo was trying to seduce her and so gave her the power to see um, um prophecies basically mm. or to have prophecies and when she denied him he spit into her mouth and so basically anytime she would tell a prophecy no one would believe her and then another one was like where she like tried to wanted the power of prophecy and he um gave it to her and then in exchange for sex and when she denied him sex that's when he did it so there's like a few conflicting things but it, it does seem like there's like something tied to the fact that she's always striving for this power or for this knowledge, and it ends up backfiring. And then we get Elliot even assholes. saying right. like, "Are you working for the library?" Mm-hmm. We've already got time loops in here for, mm. and now we have an insane genocide of a battery. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it is Alice. I think, I think maybe she goes by Cassandra in this space, but I firmly believe that's Alice. It could also, yeah, it could be a different version of Alice. Right. In a different time loop. It could sure. be 
Um, like if you like any type of, I mean, like if you can go into any type of theory of reincarnation, if possible, where basically this, this is like a separate version of Alice that would have reincarnated into Alice, but because right. of how she got caught in the schism and she's stuck in this time, I don't know. There's a bunch of different things you go. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Sylvia does mention, and and we don't know how true this is, but she does mention that Cassandra's been at this for thousands of years. Yeah. However, that applies in in the library, you know. Yeah, and so. and just judging by the fact that this is when I realized, oh, okay, the librarians don't age. Mm-hmm. If you're down there, then you won't age. It's not just like, it wasn't just that if Penny goes to a certain branch of the library, he doesn't age. It's just that the time in the library is completely different because uh, the head librarian, Harriet's mom, who's, do we even, do we? Didn't we get her name last season? God, I'm sure we did. What was out, chat? Do we know the head librarian's name? Wasn't What's it written on the back that Sylvia gave to Penny? It, but well, did I'm we see the back? Almost positive we got it at some point. <sighs> I don't think we saw the back. Got us some slack. Also, who is her mother or her father? Mm. I have a lot of questions. Mm. Right? We've never seen her be kind, any kind of sexual with anybody. Mm. Like she's not a flirty kind of person, or like I, I'm just curious. Like, how do they get together? Very straight laced. I also kind of get a feeling that that kind of comes from maybe the the time period that the librarians seem to be stuck in. They mm. do seem to be stuck in a kind of 1950s time. Sure. Um, does, is that when the library was created? That seems mm. like... Zelda. More. Zelda. There Zelda's we go. The name. Thank you. Thank you, Lanacero. Thank you, Batman's Butthard. Thank you, guys. Um, so, I don't know. I, I was ni- It was nice to see that the reason that Harriet was doing all, this, all these things is because she had grown up in the library. Right. So she yeah. had, like... That gave her... her motives understanding but, right and um, now i'm like but i want to know more sure and since since on. since the conceit of this episode is kind of seeing all the different angles of these stories i mm-hmm. feel like we can kind of jump around mm-hmm. a little bit so let's use this opportunity to talk about harriet's uh segment mm-hmm. of the episode and just like god i love that. i want to talk about how much i love that i mean master of none people's love for it is kind of complicated right now nonetheless right. That episode where they they do uh, from the deaf people or deaf woman's point of view mm-hmm. was so amazing, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy to see the magicians use the same thing because now I know. So the moment it went quiet, I was, I was probably looking down. And I was like, "Oh, is this, is, is this deaf people?" <laughs> like, yeah, because, exactly. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, I was like, I really have to like focus and watch," and I appreciate that because yeah. it's like me having to to kind of lean into to something that I normally take as a privilege you know it's right. great to see not just representation but the idea that you're kind of walking around in someone else's world space for mm-hmm. a little bit is always fun and fascinating um and then i just love like you really give your actors a chance to shine because even without subtitles for a lot of it mm-hmm. that conversation was very easy to read sure. Mm-hmm. um so i it's just fun to explore and then to introduce those two's relationship mm-hmm. in that manner in a way that like oh no we're both fluent and she never feels the need to be heard in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really like that her mother is a librarian and that she's essentially like a rebellious teen stuck mm-hmm. on a loop. Yeah. Um, and there's so much love between them. It was heartbreaking when she's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to hurt you. And I was like, well, then just don't. When she throws yeah. up that wall, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. And then the discovery of the suitcase, like... I yeah. feel like we're going to get so much more into the mother. Like, we kind of have had parental relationships before. Sure. With Elliot and his crazy father. You got to see him be eaten by cannibals. That mm-hmm. was, like, a high peak for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice and, of course, her nutty parents. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to see, like, an ancillary character and a loving parental relationship, which we haven't really had before. Right. Um, I hope we get more of them, especially considering where Harriet ends up at the end of this episode. Kind of stuck on a mirror bridge to nowhere. Mm. Um Without the mat, she didn't even get the battery. Which can we talk about this battery? <laughs> right. We'll get there. We'll right. get there. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that, and I feel like, um, that use of silence is something that we're seeing more and more of mm-hmm. in in pop culture and mm-hmm. in film and TV. This this sort of um, people aren't shying away from using it, and it's such a powerful tool when it's used the right way you know especially i don't know if you guys did you see the story circulating um uh a guy on who's a film reviewer i I think i think that's his profession but he talked about how he hasn't been to a theater in a decade because he does not like the reading devices 
Um, they're big and they're clunky and they don't quite work. I don't know if you guys have ever seen them, but they sit in like um, the cup holder and mm. then they sit at eye level. But the arm for it is very thin and the device itself is maybe the size of like two iPhones stacked on top of each other. So okay. it's weighty. Mm. Um, so it slips down a lot and then you have to move and then people mm. are feeling distracted by the device. Oh, wow. And there are, we don't have screenings uh, like back in the 90s. I think it's when they stopped. They had screenings with subtitles. Yeah, right. Even right. If it was in English, you could just so you know mm-hmm. people with different types of abilities could view the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have those anymore. And he was, went to go see Black Panther because he was excited about the hype, and he couldn't mm-hmm. watch it for more than fifteen minutes because it was just an impossible. The translation wasn't coming in right. So it's nice to see shows finding a way to be inclusive. Yeah, which shows that TV is continuing to push to be like the more accessible medium. Right. And that's right. something. Yeah, because uh, that's something I. I, I, I I was in in, improv class today because I'm an actor in LA and um, (laughs) and we were doing scenes like based on uh, like moods like we listen to a piece of music and we do a scene off of it and I'm like ah I had the thought because I knew I was coming here tonight I was like it'd be really cool to do a scene where it was mainly uh, sign language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And so, and like, because it would be like us being able to, to physically act out things, but then also it would be inclusive for people who really couldn't always catch all the jokes in improv. And mm-hmm. so it was just those kind of things that you don't, like when you're exposed to another person's world, then you start to think about, well, how could I include this more in my own world? And so that's something that, even that, I feel like Google Glass could definitely yeah. Be the remedy right. for a lot of deaf people when they want to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. But on Google Glass, it does the subtitles for you. So I'm just giving that to you, Google. Sure. That's <laughs> free. Just take it. Uh, Make just take place. it. I would like a cut, but it's okay. <laughs> mm. Like that kind of stuff. It, it seems like it's so simple to 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 fix if people are actually considering it. You know. Totally. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So right on magicians, you did that. There you go. There you go. So let's talk about Poppy's role in all yeah. of this. And sort of how it, we start with that sex scene between her and Quentin, mm-hmm. where she's basically just like trying to kind of get get him out of his own yeah. head about all of this, you know? Yeah, it was very transactional sex scene. Like, right. No, because <laughs> right. it just, it wasn't, usually sex scenes are, are in the magicians are like pretty sexy. Sure, sure. And you could tell that it was like... <laughs> I was remembering the time Quentin had sex with a girl and they had like switched bodies and it was yeah. very awkward and we Oh yeah. yeah. Ah sometimes they're transactional. Wait, when they switch bodies? Well was... when they changed when he became what's his oh, face? The professor. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but yeah. That was weird. But even then they kind of like were able to like make it At least sexy. it was drunk sex. Like all the yeah. sex kind of has been like either drunk sex or passionate. Mm-hmm. It comes from a very emotional place. Mm-hmm. I think this may be our first very logical yeah, like, I need something from you. <laughs> yeah, right. Which kind of made me question Poppy's intentions overall. Oh God, and yes, I this whole time, yeah. Definitely thought she was just going to screw over Victoria and like mm-hmm. leave her out to dry. So I was surprised that she was like the only one who, to run back early because she was concerned, right, right, about Victoria. Mm. But I still don't know what her intentions are. There's something behind, and this is a kudos to Felicia Day. There's just always something behind Poppy's eyes that I don't trust. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. And I love this. This ongoing dynamic between Quentin and Poppy, all about his his sort of hero's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about the the relationship between the quest and the quester, and I mean, being a hero. And I think is- I, I think I yelled when we were watching it. Like, we've already been over this. You are not the hero of this story. This is the whole journey of season one. Without you, are not the hero of this story. But but then I think his argument is that maybe that makes him the hero. It's- in a very sort of paradoxical no. kind of way. And I'm going to get so much shit on YouTube for what I'm about to say. Go for it. But it's kind of a commentary on a cis straight white man. Mm-hmm. What? And say that louder, sis. Let them hear your voice. On a cis straight white man and mm-hmm. his belief that he should be the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because he's surrounded by people who do not fit uh, that label. Right. And they've all proven to be in some way or another the, the heroes of the story. Uh-huh. And it's like, share the wealth, dude. Sure. Share the wealth. Like, it's, it's not it's not about you, Quentin. But also, like, <laughs> like, the idea that he would need to be the hero. Exactly. Or that there is a hero. Exactly. Like, if we learn anything at this point, it's like, all of you have to work together to reach a common goal. Like, exactly. there is no one person who is out here except for, uh, oh my god, names. His best friend. His who's best friend, who's best friend? Quentin's best friend. 
What? Julia. 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 Yeah. yeah. Except for Julia, who is a total badass. All of y'all are expendable if it comes down to the wire. Mm. And I just feel like for Quentin to be lamenting about this, when what your real goal is, is we just need to get that key. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's an existential crisis that does not need to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of bored with it. I have such weird feelings about Poppy. Mm-hmm. I have very weird feelings. Because at first I'm like, man... I really, I really dig her level of honesty. Right. Right? And she makes cogent points, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But she's like, you know what? I'm just an asshole. I'm aware of who I am. Yeah. And I right. think it's much braver for me to just live out loud in that moment. Right. And accept whatever consequences may come. And that's what she says. Yeah, she says, be you and accept the consequences. Yeah. I love that sentiment. Yeah. It's, I think the show does a really good job of, of, of giving... Um, I don't think the the fact that Quentin is is having these like kind of this crisis of like herodom mm. with without you know it's not a coincidence that you know you can watch that and be like well obviously he this is like his journey to learn mm. that he has right. to kind of share this and and just like how Elliot and Margot had to it was their journey to learn that you can be a hot mess of a person and still get shit done mm. and so like it's kind of like they all have to learn like their own little and Penny. Penny will learn something someday. Right. I believe that. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, I really liked watching yeah. Alice and Poppy go at it too. Like watching two waspy white women just duke it out. I was like, I'm here for this. This is messy and yeah. it's enjoyable. Sure. Uh, particularly Alice being like, yeah, I'm not really worried about Quentin's dick. Like why? Right, right, yeah. right. I've right. not been on that in a minute. Q is only bisexual when it serves him. He is not. I wouldn't say he identifies as bisexual. Just talking to Denzel. Actually, I, interesting. Feel, I, I feel like that gets into murky territory. Yeah, yeah, I would actually say Q is 100% bisexual. I think he has a preference for women. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, well, this is like this is something that I've been kind of like noticing just in pop culture. Uh, I was like, it seems like there is a desire for people to, to talk more about bisexuality. Because I think really? a lot of people who identify as straight... Are starting to kind of realize maybe they're not really straight. Sure. And so, but I think, yeah, exactly. But I think uh, even though Q would talk about that spectrum, I think if you asked him, like, hey, but what are you? He'd be like, um, it's a spectrum, but I'm Mm. probably straight. Right, like, right, you know right. what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that's... It's not a knock to him. It's just one of those things that I think that... and, and And I'm not talking about, like, the story as, like, oh, well... Like I said, the show is having a commentary on that kind of mindset sure. of the fact that th- this is straight white man is having uh, a crisis of, of herodom. I think that's intentional by the show. Sure. So sure. And that's and and that is an interesting point. The the idea of if the character of Quentin would would identify as such, mm-hmm. because at the very least he does yet you know have straight passing privilege mm-hmm. and kind of. It, to your point, it has really only come up in in sort of these times of necessity. You know, he has this he has this relationship with Elliot when they're in a completely different timeline, and they're mm-hmm. the only two people around each other. And then even then, that's only briefly. And then he, he ends up married to a woman and has a child. Sure. Or when he has the threesome with Margot and Elliot, that's also due to the fact they're like emotionally drunk. Sure. And also Margot was there, so they're they like. There's a lot of layers to it. I get what, what people are saying with that, but at the same time, it's not like he's had active relationships with men that we've seen so far. Sure. Active, yeah, active is an interesting mm-hmm. kind of um, difference to to, to toe in, yeah. in, in that context. But yeah, I think if if we were to pick anyone of, of kind of our main characters that would theoretically identify as strictly straight. It would probably be Penny. Mm-hmm. And really, that's sort of it, it seems like, you know? Totally. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, maybe Josh, but we don't really know enough about him. Yeah, I don't think Josh right? is strictly straight. <laughs> nah. Josh, yeah. yeah if yeah, Josh yeah. is gay for anything, it's his tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. That's a very, very interesting... Uh, concept and interesting argument. So thank you, Denzel, for yeah. uh, bringing that up. Um, it's, I mean, not not to keep going, but I think this is an interesting con- conversation to have. But Christian P mentions that I always resonated with Q falling under the label of pansexuality, you which know, is Christian, a, you get an applause. a very yeah. very interesting point for sure. Totally, mm. he's pretty much about anything as long as like we're simpatico. Sure. Like that's it. Sure. He's like, are you happy? Don't mm-hmm. be mad at me. Like, it's mostly just about his existential dread. Yeah. 
And that he's cool with. Of which there, yeah, there's plenty yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, so let's kind of segue from from Poppy to Alice and oh, Alice's kind of whole role in God. in all of this. We learned so much about Alice and her story in such a short time. Right. I was stunned when she was like, um, they were talking to her about getting the power, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Look, if I give you this, then." In, you might be getting power that you don't even deserve or, or mm-hmm. power you shouldn't have, I think, are her actual words. Right. Is um, this when she's talking to Harriet and Katie? Yeah. Sure. That's such huge growth for mm-hmm. her. Only to have that smack down two seconds later, which is like, I want to continue what I was on. I was like, Alice, no! Right. <laughs> no, we were so close. But it seems like uh, it seems like what she was, her quest for, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the term that she used, but on... Oh, unified theory of unified magic. Theory of magic. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, was pure and it in like its thought or in its uh, inception for yeah, sure. Exactly. Uh, and then you know it, the niff inside of her just kind of like went buck wild with it. So right. it, I'm curious to see this version of Alice go after that same thing, especially now that magic is actually gone. Sure. Um, and I think yeah. I think Renji in the chat earlier on brought up the point of absolute power corrupts absolutely, mm-hmm. and I think on a long enough timeline when she reaches that threshold of knowing everything, mm-hmm. I think that's when that side of her could probably kick in. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything goes to shit. It's crazy. She that's got, when she, she becomes Cassandra. Tasted yeah, exactly. just a little bit of power. And she was like, I want it. Mm-hmm. I want it. And I was like, oh my God. Right. You don't know what you want really. Like we've already been down this road and it caused you so much heart. You lost your father because of this. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to me how addicted to power and knowledge she is. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how far she'll end up pushing that. Well, it's like her and, and Julia kind of had the same um, same mindset and the same quest. It's just they go about it differently. Mm-hmm. Julia has had a power thrust upon her that she, she never wanted. She just wanted the knowledge. And I think Alice has had the taste of power along with already having the knowledge, which has just magnified the desire for power. Right, 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 right. Maybe. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's late, y'all. Yeah. No. You, you're it. making it sense. Okay. You're stringing together the sentences. So after, after this exchange between Alice, Harry, and Katie, we see Fenn bust through the yeah. clock. And we get sort of... We get that exchange between between Alice and Fenn a little bit later on. Yeah. Well, I liked that Fenn kind of clarified stuff for Alice. Because mm. Alice has kind of been mopey since she came back as a human. Mm. And Fenn was like, what are you talking about? I can never see my child again. You can go and find what you want. It's right. still out there. Go get it. Drunk Fen is my mascot. Absolutely. Yes. I really like her. She's dressed in like modern day mm-hmm. earth clothes, which is really interesting to see her kind of not in her role as like a knife sharpener's daughter yeah. or as queen, but as just, you know, like a normal person. Also, I've never felt like a, a sense of regality from her. Mm-hmm. Like she never mm-hmm. gave off kind of a regal presence, but sure. her walking around like just in her power mm-hmm. <laughs> with that drink in hand. I was like, I want more of this yeah. Fen. Like, I'm yeah. confident yeah. out there making decisions for herself Fen. So I'm glad she's taking this time to kind of explore her options exactly. and, and see how she wants to heal from this tragedy. Um, especially when we get into the fairy house. Like, that is right. interesting. And that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. This, once again, the conceit of this episode is making it a little bit hard to talk about in a linear fashion. But mm-hmm. let's use that to segue into Fen's interaction with this this fairy, with mm-hmm. Sky. Mm-hmm. Um which it's you know we we see uh, Irene in mm, in the episode. This be we see her and we see her accompanied by this fairy. Mm-hmm. Which I think I, I think you had yes. made the point. Yeah. The moment of that course. fairy popped up, up from behind her, I was like, call. I mean, I, I wanted to be like, called it. If I could drop this mic, I would. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, I knew it. And it's fairy dust. Called it. <laughs> right. Right. And so so yeah. So yeah. we see this fairy that's just kind of. This sort of indentured servant just kind of having to wait on Irene and just kind of be by her side. So sad. Mm-hmm. And so many lies she's been told. But there are no fairies left. Which, the show drops so many, like, subtle sentences that you're, like, blow up the whole theory of the world for you. Right. This was definitely one of those lines of, like, so not only are they essentially enslaved, but they're enslaved through ignorance, which is a very powerful statement to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, just so abused and not care for as individuals and it reminded me a lot of uh Frey from last week when she learned like how little value she had right. to the fairies mm. and just, and kind of maybe gave me insight as to why Frey is where she is if you think that this house has been stealing or capturing fairies 
for a long time and holding them onto them, maybe that was retaliation. Like maybe they caught Frey as some kind of back yeah. and forth. There definitely seems to be some kind of you know, they're growing fairies, so we know that there's something going on there. Is it's it like because a rebellion or something. Are fairies going extinct? Are they being is it again to think of like is it like genocide? Are they are they being killed off and just hunted? It's very weird, and and I have a lot of questions. Sure, it makes, especially now that we know that the that's what the battery was at the library. Right, right. It was just a bunch of fairy dust. It's a genocidal battery. I, I was like, this like God. Pulp Fiction esque briefcase just filled with the powder. It's true. Well, it just makes me think like, what are what are fairies in the bigger picture of magic? Mm. Like. Are they just like a really superior group of people who've invented math and science that ends up captured and enslaved and put on boats and forced into labor? <laughs> like, mm. uh, <laughs> it could be, maybe. It's something that was like so like, oh, this is so horrifying. Like, what is really going on with the fairies? Because it, even just the abuse of watching Sky get her leg cut off just for for fairy dust, like that's. Mm. That's that's such a common thing that happens in in any any type of uh, uh, enslavement mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the world, w- whether that be old Americans, this whether yeah, uh, mm. old uh, American slavery or current slavery that happens. Mm-hmm, so I was sure. like, oh, what are they going to do with the storyline? Because I'm really nervous about it now. Yeah. yeah, I just learned that George Washington's teeth not made of wood. I knew that part. Didn't know made from slaves' teeth. Yeah, yeah, they, they have those things on exhibit in a museum. Yeah, very foul. Um, so the idea that like, like magic is literally in their bones. Yeah, and then what's gonna? I guess yeah. What's gonna happen to fairies if they are that disposable and their magic can be um, basically siphoned from them that easily? Because it doesn't seem like that's something that's easily done with all magical creatures. And it can't be easy either. Yeah. Like you're cutting off a leg. From a being, like there's yeah. a lot of work and disguise, and all of that has to be grounded saw. to powder. Like, like a, yeah, it's a lot. Um, and then you have to wonder, like the queen, which I've been talking about for a while, trying to help mm-hmm. Elliot and uh, Margot. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, you know, in the carriage last time we see her, like I can't help you anymore. So you're on your own. They can see me, but they can also see you. Mm. Was she trying to get back at them? Like we know she was harvesting their world, but I still feel like she sees the larger picture. picture. Yeah. I don't, like a, I don't think she's as virtuistic as you, you think she is. I don't think it's about virtue. I think she, again, the larger picture is like magic on the whole is better. Mm. Like we are better for having magic, but maybe we didn't appreciate it enough. Mm. And also like maybe in the end, like she gets magic back and her plan is to usurp everybody and be like, now it's ours, bitches. Like right. you take everything from you. And honestly, the way the story's looking right now, I'm with the queen. Like sure. you yeah. deserve woman. Take what you need. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the magicians is, not, is, is a show that kind of like will slip in like social commentary in, mm-hmm. the, in the sneakiest way. Mm. And so I, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with this storyline because it's just, uh, I kind of was always like, I don't know, man, something's up with the fairy. Sure, <laughs> it's sure. Like, it doesn't feel well, like and was was this kind legit. of the first time that we saw a fairy in such a state of vulnerability? Yes. Yeah. Well, with the exception of know. like the sure. moment in Irene's house where you see them kind of standing right but even even then but it was still a, a little bit a, unclear like a servitude yeah mm. what was up with Irene's like rash stomach belly thing oh that, that side effect of the powder yeah I think it's I think it has to do with the fact that she's not a magical creature and she's not oh, supposed go. to be ingesting it it's, that's it's like that's like it, it's probably like I mean, I don't know. I would imagine that would have some some effect on your body. Sure. Or and also just that that little tidbit that they dropped earlier with, uh, I guess the kind of revelation that we got that uh, travelers are hybrids. And I was like, mm. oh man, are they going to do something? Something going to happen to me? Right. Happen to the travelers? Right. And I also question if Irene has it and the librarians have it. Is there a connection there at all? Like she mm-hmm. bought the school. Mm-hmm. We know librarians are trying to. Mostly just protect the libraries and the knowledge. But they mm. also want to know about the keys. Exactly. Because Zelda mentioned that. Right. But without taking, it appears, too much action. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a weird thing to look at the librarians and be like, look, we can read, we have all of the knowledge, but we keep it here. And that honing and siphoning of knowledge 
has given them essentially an ignorant population mm-hmm. who cannot help with magic. Mm-hmm. To me, I was just like, will you listen to Harriet? Like, she's like, even a little bit. <laughs> like, she, right. she came way down. She went from, like, open the library to everyone to, like, maybe we just allow a few additional members who could maybe help us get through the great blank spot. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how they could just be like, we'll just wait it out here. Sure. Like, everything is too terrifying. We're just not going to move. Mm-hmm. That is anxiety manifesting itself, and you have to get through that. Like, it made my anxiety mm-hmm. spike. I was like, don't do nothing. That's the worst. Yeah. Right. She's like, well, what if I re- let people in and that creates a spot? And Harriet's like, you don't know that. <laughs> the great spot is coming no matter the what spot, we yeah. do. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything about it. Like, it's written, it's literally, it's not written, but it's there. Yeah. So we have to do something. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. idea of just like standing around. It's crazy to me. I also found it crazy that her words, uh, uh, Zelda's words got turned on her so quickly when she says, like, yeah, it's not unusual for a librarian to be, what did she say, a roguish belligerent or belligerent. A traveler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, totally. And for her, oh, my God, the pain. When he smashes that mirror, I just really felt for Zelda. Like, she was that like. Was such a yeah. wild moment. But my baby, like, no. And it just happened so fast. Yeah. Mm. What? I mean, are we in predictions? I'm sorry. I feel like I've been uh, in no, 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 not quite. Sure. Not, there's a little bit more okay. about the episode, yeah. It, it did give me, it did explain, like, a lot of Penny's behavior when she said that about how travelers are. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay, so, well, then what are travelers hybrids of? Like, mm. if this is kind of their, their behavior and this is their kind of the mindset, like, what are they, like, a hybrid of, like, is, is, are they, like, demigods? Is, is Ares their father or some uh-huh. crap? Because Ares is, you know, temperamental. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but... So I'm. It's nice to see the world kind of get blown up a little bit more, and for us to also still come back to that kind of Greek mythology, and then also just to have the clarification that it is fairy dust that these people are snorting. And right. God, what does that mean for them? Yeah, exactly. In the long run, I didn't know it was going to be bone powder. Mm. You know what I mean? I thought I thought there had to be a different way of extracting it. Right. 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 That's so shocking. I figured it was. Probably gruesome. Something pretty grisly. Yeah. I should have known. It's the magicians. Of course, exactly, exactly. Um, so we've we've talked about a lot about how these these stories kind of intersected. Um, Alice trying to throw those rocks into the book drop to summon this mm-hmm. this traveler and take her. Um, sort of take her where to the library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, we got that. We've got Sylvia turning on on Penny. Yeah. Uh, God, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I guess we should have known. Like, she was a librarian. We know that your contract doesn't end. Mm-hmm. Interesting to me that she still helped him get the key, though, which you can't imagine that the librarians wanted them to do. No, they do. Because that's what the whole thing with Zelda is, that she wanted Alice's help with the the quest, the seven keys. And so I get the feeling that there's that they want them to find the keys, but I think they also want somebody on the inside giving them notes for what, what's going on as they find the keys. Sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. We never see Alice join the library. Like, the, it's kind no. of offered to her. We see her dance around. I kept waiting to see the moment where she become, but they've left a giant question mark. Because she, because yeah, Zelda gets pulled away. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I don't think that necessarily means that they're not going to come back at some point, and if they don't try and go after Alice or try and go after someone else. Mm. Um, but it seems like for the most part, people want them on this quest, mm. and so that's probably why um, Sylvia let uh, Penny get the key back because the moment the key she knew the key was on the way to Q. Is when she she closed it and mm. was like, "I'm sorry." Right. That's still really messed up, though. Yeah, exactly. So, so where do we leave off? We've got Penny getting carted away by these librarians. Yeah, yeah. But wait, we didn't. We did skip the moment where Penny, once he realizes that Benedict has the key, right? He goes back to Benedict and offers Benedict and offers him uh, a job with the library that's right. in, the, in their map room. That's right. That's so. right. That's right. And it's, it's the perfect place for Benedict. Yeah. Right. And exactly. And we, we get that moment, um, that sort of turning point for Penny where he does realize like, you, look, you were the only one that cried when I died. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, whatever I feel about you, we are friends and mm-hmm. I do appreciate you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you, mm. you can, what's that? What? I, 
easily said, Penny. Penny is like one of those friends who's like, no, but I really do love you. But bro, you are never here. Right. Like you, you do so much freaking lip service to literally everyone in your life. Like, well, no, I really do care. He's and not going to stick around you. and bro out with him. Like he can say that he appreciates him and not like be besties with him. Okay. No, I don't buy it. Look, here's the thing. I, I, he appreciates him. He doesn't necessarily like him. That might be fair. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> Those two personalities, I think, are Penny too... is a terrible friend, is all I'm saying. Right. Ex- yeah. I that's, love him, that's, but he's a terrible I mean, that's, friend. That's consistently been proven. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> with the exception of, of Katie. And that's... That's not And that's really... That's, he, yeah. like, has sex with her and is romantically mm, involved Sure. Much more invested in that. So, so we've got that. We've got... Harry and Victoria sort of trapped in this kind of mirror bridge. Mirror bridge. Yeah. Um, that is existentially horrifying on like a black mirror type of level. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Uh, Again, going back to Alice's quote, am I the only one who recognizes that eternity is longer than a billion years? Right. And I'm like, oh my God, are you just floating through infinite space if, in the dark forever? If the bridge Worst is nightmare. broken, does it exist anymore? Right. If, if basically the, the way to travel is to essentially travel through a void, and mm. once the bridge is no longer there, are they just stuck in an endless void where time no longer exists? You Sorry, this I, is really geez. dark. But you know uh, who I bet could fix this? Mama Librarian. I just feel like Zelda has the power. Like Possibly, yeah. Uh, she at least has the knowledge. Whether she has the desire or ability to yeah. act upon it, we'll uh. have to see. Yeah. And there are, I believe there are multiple mirrors in that room when we see that traveler smash that one mirror. There I think there's two. there's another one next to it, right? No, it smashed when really? he smashed it's it. Broke, both of them broke into. Yeah. No, but I thought the, the one that he smashes, there's one directly to the side. Yeah, on their side. Yeah, on their and, side. And then when he smashes that the one, bridge. this one also smashed. Like right. the, the bridge the, had been severed. The, the mirror in the bathroom with the, there, with the library. There's a second mirror in the bathroom. That That's what I'm talking about. The mirror is not connected. But to not the on the other side, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Let's get into predictions. We don't have too much time. Left. Let's get into those left? predictions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Adrian, what? I'm just <laughs> reading. He's very. Denzel is like Q is bisexual. Mm. I'm not denying that he's bisexual. I'm just saying about what he would say. Okay, just saying. Right. That's Anyways, fair. That's and fair. I'm talking about street privilege. All right. Uh, is it up to me? I don't know. What? Stuff's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, You're always the one that's dead on. You just give us something. Uh, so we see Penny carted away, and I'm curious to see uh, if him being stuck working as a librarian is going to have any change on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Elliot and Margot because we didn't really talk about them and how no, they're yeah. basically like. Uh, Having court and a, with a wombat, a wombat. Oh my god, a marsupial wombat. Is that right, there? right, right. Is uh, is basically going to call them guilty or not guilty? Mm. Um, and the fact that Elliot's in this position of hating Fillory but still yeah. having to fight for it. Yeah, and then I, uh, I, I'm really just curious about what's going to go down with the fairies and, mm. and what that that means right and right, how right. they're how what julie is going to do about it mm. we have a musical episode and mm-hmm. a new sure key do. next week which i'm very excited about mm. it'll be key number five it will yes oh my God, guys we're getting so close two more keys um <laughs> i don't think we're gonna get much more backstory on the fairies they like to do this to us tease a little and then you have to wait little easter eggs will probably pop up mm. But I feel like next week is going to be mostly the court trial uh, for Elliot and Margot, and then them trying to deal with whatever challenges the key throws at them. I really would like to see Quentin step up, and like he's been doing, he's been doing actually a really good job. But I would he like has. to see him, you know, maybe interact more with the rest of the crew. Um, I want him to understand it's not just about him. It just really right. is not cute, and that's okay. I still love you. Um, you can't do. Dungeons and da- Dragons without that having everybody there. Uh, I hope Fen sticks around sure. and gets like a musical number or something. Um, also, I'd like to see her pick up a trade is the wrong word. Like, I want to see her pick up a sword. Like, she's got these knives okay. down. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see her go full mm-hmm. warrior mommy kind of mode now. Sure. Um, 
I think she's attached more to uh, Frey than she thinks she is. Mm -hmm. I want that mother-daughter relationship back. Um, And then, yeah, I just, I'm hoping for a ton of pop songs. Hopefully, like, a musical number. Um, The Lame Is really gave me a lot of feels last time. So maybe... Maybe like a rent bop. You guys are going mm-hmm. through some heavy dramatic stuff. A Seasons of Love could not hurt you at this point in time. Let's be real about it. Right. Uh, other than that, I'm just really looking forward to dance. Like, it just looks like an all-out, like, almost high school musical style exactly. shooting. And exactly. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. pretty excited. Um, I, I'm going to get through it really quick, but I think um, Irene, I don't think she's going to be around much longer. I think she's going to bite the big one here yeah. pretty soon as a result of this fairy dust. We'll see. But... Who knows? Guys, tell us your predictions on YouTube, on Twitter, in iTunes, all that stuff. Hit us up. We want to talk about this episode of The Magicians and the rest of Season 3. And then the upcoming Season 4, as we found out today. Very exciting stuff. But thank you so, so much for joining us. As I said, at the top of the show, Caroline will be back leading the charge Woo-hoo! next week. Uh, we'll be talking Season 3, Episode, God, 9 already. Holy crap, we're nine episodes into this season. So uh, but uh, y'all, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. I'm Joelle Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joelle Monique every week at blackgirlnerds.com and March 13th on Heroes at Collider. There you go. Guys, my name is Ty Matthews. Y'all can find me on all forms of social media at Ty Matthews PMA. If you're fans of pro wrestling, check out Championship Wrestling from Hollywood Saturdays. Check those local listings. It's fun stuff. I get in there, get my hands dirty, wrestle, all that fun stuff when I'm not talking about the magicians. Uh, But next (laughs) week, we'll be right back here. Same time, same channel, talking Season 3, Episode 9. But until then, peace. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 